Find out. Coming through. If bells could speak, that's what these might say. For this is a pack horse bell collar with seven bells. It's quite heavy. It would have been worn by the leading pony of a pack train, carrying goods, maybe salt, wool or coal, over hill and dale from producers to markets. What makes this pack horse bell collar special, apart from its rarity, is that it was the first item in the collection of the Dales Countryside Museum in Hawes. I'm stood in front of the museum now. It's the former Hawes station and goods warehouse, built in the Midland Railway's gabled pavilion style. It's just getting a new solar panelled roof. It opened in 1979, but the story of its makers began out there on the fells. In the 1920s, when a group including Ella Pontefract and Mary Hartley came rambling from West Yorkshire. This was Miss Hartley speaking, we think, in 1981. We somehow had this idea of writing books on the Dales. Having walked the Dales with friends and relations, we were a party of four in the old days. In the 20s, late 20s, walking all over the Dales with packs on our backs, stopping in the the rooms then that you could stay out for about for six six or seven shillings it was lovely and that that was how one stopped but then so many people loved the dales in those days but we took it we took it further and began to think of writing about them ella and mary's first book swaledale was published in 1934 wensley their second came two years later ella writing mary illustrating the idea of a museum was not at all in their minds at this stage. They'd become fascinated by the Dales, its people and their ways of talking. And, with their books, they lured others to discover it for themselves. Here's an extract from Wensleydale, in which, after asking a farmer for directions, they end up getting roped into some sheep work. We said we didn't want to go to Horton in Ribblesdale, but to Snaresham, and was their way down through his field? Nay... There's near way through here. We none of us moved. We knew this was not a dismissal, and in a minute he began to open the gate deliberately. I'll let you through, he said, and then you can hod yon sheep for me while I get t'other tweet. They're not mine. They've git now at wall, and then I'll tuck you doon and show you t' road. So we went through the gate, and with strict instructions not to let go whatever it did, we each held a horn of the sheep, which was in its right field, and the farmer and his dog turned out the trespassing ones, and then went down the hill with us. Ella and Mary came to live in the Dales, in Askrig, in 1939. It was shortly after that that this pack horse bell collar comes into the story. Here's Mary Hartley being interviewed in 1985 about the new Dales Folk Museum, as it was then named by BBC Radio Leeds. Would you like to tell me, Miss Hartley, how you started it at this museum? Because it was yours, wasn't it? The whole thing was your idea. Yes, that's quite true. It goes back a very long time, to 1941, and the very first items which we bought, not thinking of a museum in those days, of course, was in a sale at Leyburn when a little old-fashioned museum was all sold up. And we went down to this sale, it was, the things were all spread out in Labour Marketplace, and bought some of the nicest things that we have here now, including an item such as this pack horse bell collar, and some of the knitting sticks, 
and all sorts of items that you couldn't really buy nowadays. Ella died just four years after that first purchase, at the age of 49, six books into their partnership. A close friend of Mary's, Joan Ingleby, moved into their home in Askrig and became the new co-author, as well as new co-collector of bygones. Joan Ingleby, speaking in the 1980s, said they picked up many artefacts at farm sales, which happened when a tenant farmer died. Going to the, only to those uh, uh, sales, farm sales, was very interesting. Because you see, the farmers didn't want the old implements and things, and often the auctioneer would simply shove some of the old domestic or other sort of implements in with what the farmer was buying, simply to get rid of them. And we would go round to the farmer and say, look, do you want that? And he'd say, no. Or else he'd say, oh, give me a bob or two and I'll, 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 I'll let you have them. So we got them on the whole for very little. Murray Hartley and Joan Ingleby were writing popular books every two years. Their masterpiece came in 1965 with a book about the traditional ways of living and farming in the Dales, published as those ways were disappearing. One of the best, really, was Life and Tradition in the Yorkshire Dales, that one, because they could see that all the horses were going to go and all the implements were being chucked out and all domestic things were changing. Electricity came and the old black ranges were all going. And so that's how, what made us start that. And that was in the 60s, that's 30 years ago. Long time. And it was very interesting doing it. It was quite difficult even to find horses then. But we did, and we had to rely on a certain amount of old photographs, didn't we? Well, an awful lot were taken by me. Oh, they were. <laughs> yes. we, we had never expected to find any horses still working mm -hmm. by the time we got onto this. You see, they changed over in the mid-1940s. After the war, the tractors came along. By 1963, about, when we started that book, Life and Tradition of the Yorkshire Dales, we didn't expect to find any horses, but we found four farmers who were still using them for hay time, leading things, pulling things with sledges. Uh, oh, it was the uh, motive power on the farm. Four, one in Garsdale, one up Snay's home, one in Swaledale, and where was the other one? Uh, oh, God, no, not God. Uh, Grisdale. Grisdale. Yes, Delightful people, all so pleased. And you know, everybody was always so pleased to help. That was the thing. And they loved to tell you all the old fashioned ideas. I think because you see, the work that the young people were doing was not what the old people knew. And they couldn't tell their sons or grandsons about it. And they were so thrilled that we wanted to know that they would tell us absolutely anything. And they'd pass us on from one person to another, which was lovely. I remember awfully well, I think one of the best things I remember with a haymaking was we went over to farmer friends in a very out-of-the-way farm at Swaledale. And Mary had worked on a farm during the war for part of the time. And uh, we were helping with this hay and we were really taking photographs when a ram came along a tub and it butted the wife and there was nobody else and so we set to and Mary went into the mew threw her expensive camera on the floor and, and the, the, the hay was handed up uh, to her by the farmer and there was a great storm coming up you can see it in a picture on the outside of that book and I was helping and I had never done haymaking before in my life but it, that was that was fun. I mean, those sort of things did happen. Funny things, uh, uh, as well as uh, serious, going to sales and all that kind of thing. 
In the course of writing Life and Tradition, Marion Joan collected even more Dale's artefacts, tools, machinery and the furnishings of farmhouses such as cheese and butter making equipment. The objects were stacking up all around them and they began to think what might happen to it all. And we had a lot in an outhouse we had over there and we owned a house in the front and all the back of that was filled with things. And then we thought, well really, we knew people who had died and had private museums and they had all disappeared and got sold, all, all, all the implements and things. We thought that mustn't happen. So we gave it, in those days, there wasn't a museums committee, was there? We had a library uh, at, 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 I think it was the West Riding, the, no, we, North Riding County Council, North wasn't it, in those yes. days? There was a museums and libraries yes. and uh, something else committee. Yes, the well, chief librarian came up and she looked round and she said, yes, they would love the things. And then there was a question of trying to find somewhere to, to house them, you see. Yes, and it went on whole, and on. A whole committee of county councillors came, came up and looked to make the final yes, decision. They did, yes. And, and then in the said, end, when we had found somewhere, you know, the old goods workshop at, uh, 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 at Hall's. Yes, warehouse, sorry, at, at Hall's. Uh, which really we got through the National Park, so we're always indebted to them. Um, then it was a question of moving the things from here. And the librarians were sent up, 11 of them with 11 vans with all the shelves taken out. And everything was put in there, you see. We didn't collect everything big and heavy like a, mm -hmm. like a cart or anything of that sort. And it was all filled in there and taken up to home. Mary and Joan kept on collecting for the museum after it opened. They made the first contributions to its oral history collection, interviewing ten Dales people. These tapes give an insight into Mary and Joan's art, into how they encouraged Dales folk to tell their tales. One of the first lessons I learned as a journalist was never to say, mmm, while interviewing. It doesn't go down well with news editors who want clean clips for their bulletins. Mary and Joan never got that memo. Here they are interviewing a Guy Ingleby of Littendale, speaking about modern methods of feeding sheep on the fell. People go with a cartload of hay in a Land Rover and they throw it about and they shout them up and they come running. And then they go back again. And that's, that's a great thing for sheep. Great thing. Exercise. It's so lovely, isn't it? Almost like the sound of doves. Here they are drawing a description out of Taylor Dinsdale from Gale about leading stone from a quarry using horse and cart. They're the four-wheeled wagon, you know, a big four-wheeled yes, wagon, yes. which uh, had a tremendous thick body on it, which, which, which you would want yourself. Mm. And then when they came down from the quarry, which is very, very steep, and Bertusset Hills is very, very mm. steep, they used to have a thing that they called a slipper. An iron, an iron thing with a chain on, and they used to sling it round and, 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 and put it in a, in a, a back of the back wheel, and it locked it. You see, and it used to slide instead of you know it used to hold it back for the horses, which was quite a good thing. Yeah. How many horses would there be? Uh, two. As keen as they were to exact information, dates, and stories from Dale's folk, they were also keen to treat their subjects with courtesy. This was the exchange, 50 minutes in with Mr Dinsdale. Thank you. Are we tiring you out? Would you like a late session like another day? You know, are we doing you in? 
Ich hab dir ein Teil, ich dir. Well, we've got to catch the five to six bus, that's it. We're all right till six o'clock. Well, just the four. So we've got to go home, because there's no money. It's just up to you. You don't want to tie. Another three quarters an hour. Your dime's mine, I can't send him all. I'm only there, thank you for the gratitude of course. They were terribly interesting. Indeed they were, terribly interested enough to make a museum. One person who knew them well and who builds on their legacy is the current manager of the Dales Countryside Museum, Fiona Rocha, and she's stepped outside for a word. Fiona, hello. When did you meet Marion Joan and what did you make of them? Um, I first met Marion Joan when um, I was invited, before starting at, at work officially, uh, invited to a, an afternoon tea um, with the friends of the committee and um, they were well the whole committee and Mary and Joan in particular were all very welcoming and, and really pleased that someone was going to be carrying on um, the work with the museum. And we have here a pack horse bridle collar bell uh, what else um, is in the museum? Um, the museum's full of um, all sorts of things for, ranging from prehistoric times right through to probably about 20 years ago um, from, the, from the current time so all, all manner of things and I think that's the beauty of the collection is that it's full of um, everyday things that people otherwise might have thrown away but help to give a real insight into what life's like in the Dales now and what life was like in the past. How many items in total are there? Um, we've over 8,000 items now um, so Marion Jones collection probably makes up around 10% of that. Um, what comes to mind uh, now as you as you stand here among those 8,000 items? There are a few things really. I mean, we, we have an amazing um, Viking ring which was found more recently near Sedba. Um, that's probably one of our prize pieces of archaeology. Um, but then also there, there are those really tiny things. Um, I always say that one of my favourite things is the strickle pricker. Um, and that would have been used at hay time, um, tiny little um, tool that you know, you would have you would have pricked the uh, the strickle and then put your tar and your sand on. Um, which had it not been for Marion Joan, that that would have been lost. And when you think about the the number of farmers across the Dales that would have used those at one point, um, and we just have that one example, so that's really quite precious. The strickle, though, what what is a strickle? Uh, so the strickle was used to sharpen your scythe, basically. <laughs> Thanks Fiona for that and for bringing this short first series of Voices from the Dales to an end. And thank you for listening.